I was recently looking at um, Lot, and they're pulled out of Sodom. The angel says, go to the mountain, don't look back. And Lot is in front of his wife. His wife is behind him. And it hit me. She turns back and looks back, turns into a pillar of salt, we know this. But Lot's idea of leading his wife was being ahead of her and her just following. But what if he would have been behind her? When she went to turn, he could have stood between her and turning. He could have known where she was at and um, protected her. I am Liz Wright. Welcome to Live Your Best Life. The only thing that matters now is living by the power of this wonderful new creation life. We're going to become an undefeatable force of radiating glory, and we are rising up strong now in this hour. Hi, family. Thank you for tuning in to this week's what's going to be such a special episode of Live Your Best Life with, of course, Mila's right. And the presence of Jesus is so strong already. And my friend, my special guest joining me for today's conversation, he's just one of my favorite people in the whole world. He's someone who just loves Jesus with his whole life. I mean, literally being with him changes you. It really does. Because <laughs> the Lord's presence just drips all over you from his own intimate relationship. Jesus loves being with my guest, who is the one and only Eric Gilmore. Eric, welcome. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I love being with you. Yeah, I love being with you too. Oh, okay. I'm excited. So we decided that the subject of the conversation today would be Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> the most important subject on the planet and the favorite thing that we both love to talk about and are, of course, obsessed with Jesus, as you guys are too. So let's talk about Jesus, Eric. Okay. <laughs> Question one. Oh, I, I just, I love, I love, okay. So I was listening, my question one comes from something that you have released recently where you were speaking and I was undone when I listened to it, where the whole thing was about Jesus. You were bringing people out of unnecessary complexity or Holy Spirit was through you and back into the main thing, which is like, we're Christians, we're followers of Jesus, you know, and it's just all about looking at him and it's full what you were sharing was full of truth and profound keys. And certainly it brought me back to being able to see again the beauty of who he is. So I want to go into that conversation. I want to ask you question number one, who is Jesus? Who's he shown you he is? <laughs> <laughs> well, like, oh. <laughs> You're going to get wrecked today, guys. <laughs> I feel so, so much joy. I feel like bubbles of joy yeah. coming up, uh, mainly because of the subject of, of Christ, but also his presence here. <laughs> yeah. not, ju not just him as subject, but him as the object, you know, him as the present one. Awesome. Uh, so he is good to us. And we, we Lord, we worship you. Yeah. Th there's just nothing like you. We acknowledge that you are here. Thank you, Lord. We thank you. Yeah. So the, the scriptures reveal to us 
uh, I like to call the the Bible his self disclosure. Okay. So he he has shown okay. us what he is, who he is, what yeah. he's done, and these three things are in in a way the unveiling of the beauty of the Lord. Uh, Jonathan Edwards has a great quote. He says, "The beauty of Christ it bows the will and it draws the heart." Uh, oh. Two incredible, oh. per perfectly things, uh, perfect oh. things to explain Christ. He yes. causes you to gladly bow your knee in submission, yeah. surrender, a love subjugation, <laughs> and mm -hmm. then uh, the heart is drawn to him in worship and adoration. So. He has shown himself to me in the scriptures. And this phrase that I'm about to say really has been unpacking for me in the recent year or so, that Jesus Christ is the God of Israel manifested in the flesh. That blows my mind yeah. to think of all these wonderful things that the Old Testament tells us of God. I mean, just to name a few, none of his purposes can be thwarted, Job tells us. That statement alone, it causes a man to say, wow, we're dealing with someone who cannot be altered. There's nothing you can do about what he's going to do. His purposes cannot be thwarted. Also, the scripture tells us in Psalm 103 that his sovereignty, he rules over all. <laughs> this is Psalm 119 says, all things are his servants. Ephesians, Paul writes and he says, God works, God works all things after the counsel of his own will. David goes so far as to say he sits in the heavens and does whatever it is that he pleases. This being that we're talking about in the Old Testament, revealed to us by himself in his self-disclosure, we have radical statements like he puts the, uh, he puts the wind in storehouses. He tells the water to stop right here. The, the Bible tells us, he tells Job that he walks at the bottom of the ocean. This, this is, he makes lightning for the rain. He tells the snow to fall to the earth now. He tells the lion to wait in the thicket. He tells the ostrich where to lay her egg. He, he, he is actually causing the bear. The Bible says that he guides the bear with her. Well, I'm just bringing up certain things that the Bible says about yeah. who God is to realize yeah what it is that we're talking about when we talk about God Almighty. He puts a king up and he puts a king down. What the Bible reveals to us of God blows the mind so much so that it makes, it makes us say, wow, oh, I stand in awe of who you are. But then when you recognize this God, you know, maybe the thought comes like, but what's he like? I see his great power, but what's he like? Then you start seeing him unveil what he's like by saying, I'm gracious and I'm compassionate. I'm slow to anger and I'm rich in love. The Bible says he doesn't treat us as our sins deserve, as a father has compassion upon his children. So the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. Yeah. When you think of this kind heart, I mean, the word compassion itself means that he, he he's attracted to weakness. You know, often we think that God holds his nose to get close to us because we have these diseases in us. So we find, you know, things in us that are not Christ-like. And we say, oh, he closes his nose to get close to us. But 
He, he's attracted to those weaknesses to help us and to grab a hold of us and lift us up and carry us, as David says that he does of Israel. He picks Israel up and he carries her on his chest. To, to think of him like the great one who is compassionate, this causes us to say, wow. But then lastly, we see the, the fullness manifested perfectly when he drops down out of heaven by the weight of love into the restrictions and the frailties of a human body. And he, he walks like we walk. He talks like we talk. He speaks to us and he, he breathes like us and he blinks and he, and he feels and he walks in the earth and then gives himself over to public shaming and death on our behalf. There is nothing like him whatsoever. Jesus Christ is the God of Israel manifested in the flesh, perfectly revealing the beauty of God. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Eric, just, yeah. <laughs> I, the, the power of the presence of Jesus right now, I feel just in what Eric just shared, putting in front of us again the truth of who our shepherd king is, mm. that he's king and he's shepherd. He is sovereign and yet he's so tender and merciful and compassionate. And I can feel, while you were speaking, I could feel the Lord's desire to, to reveal to each one of us again today those aspects of who he is mm, to come yeah. really near to us and touch us. If you need to be set free from fear, one mm. moment gazing at the one who is the king and reconnecting on the inside into that experience of who he is will melt fear like wax, hey, Eric. And then knowing that he will touch you whatever you're going through with such tenderness and such compassion <laughs> and desires to, wants to be with you in that moment of suffering and be the solution for you. Just absolutely amazing i really feel him wanting to do that right now holy 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 <laughs> let's just take a moment and turn into him take take a moment would you just because i know you live for him eric and you the word you speak comes from the revelation that's imparted into your heart when you are meditating on the word and you're spending time with him it's real you are absolutely authentic you know you live it and then speak it and so i wanted to ask you just let's take this moment let's th let this moment not pass us by and rush mm. too quickly will you just take us in to him this way the way mm -hmm. that you do that like yeah. into the secret life of how you are with him in your relationship and then just let that be language for you guys so we can just help reconnect you and re-escort you into this a moment with the king. For me, the recalling of even certain things that I've already brought up, it helps widen and, uh, and expand my vision of who God is, which causes rest and causes trust in, in the heart. Uh, when I just speak out or even just recall 
the wonders of his greatness. It puts things right in its proper place. As a matter of fact, in, to pray is to manifest humility. Prayer is the manifestation of humbling ourselves before God. And that humility comes from a great sight of God. So I would encourage everyone who's watching, turn your heart to the recollection, recollect the things that God has revealed to you of himself. His greatness is unsearchable. It's past finding out. His wisdom is inscrutable. You can't, you can't figure him out. He's beyond figuring out. He is omniscient. He, he has all knowledge. He is omnipotent. He has all power. He's omnipresent. He's literally everywhere. You can't get out of him. As Hannah Whithall Smith said, I, people are always trying to find the presence of God, but when I read the Bible, you can't get out of it. You, we're swallowed by him. And even just calling these things to mind will cause the, the, the vision of him to become so large that you duck down low before him. Even as Moses asks God to show him who he is, and God tells him his nature and his name and his goodness, and Moses falls down on his face before God and worship. And, and even now, just remembering his goodness in your life, remember when he healed you, remember when he saved you, remember what he delivered you from, remember when he filled you with his own spirit, recalling these things gives a view of God that causes humility in the heart to bow low before him. And that's the disposition of true worship and prayer. And we begin from there and begin to say, Oh, Lord, you're holy. There's no one like you. You are worthy. I give up to you my trust fully. I trust you, Lord. I give up to you my heart's love because you are worthy of love. I give up to you my own body, Lord. I lay it down in front of you and I say here, my whole body, my whole life. I'm just giving it up, giving it up. Take my brain, God. I give you my mind. I give you these hurts, these offenses, these gashes in my soul from people and things that have been done to me and even failures, Lord, I lay them all in front of you and open up my heart in vulnerability and say, blessed be your name, I worship you. I approach you by this recognition of who you are and I lay my life low before you in adoration, I worship you. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. But what really helps me is once I sense the sweetness of his presence and just stop and just receive, sustain the sweet sense of his presence. And if my mind begins to go to something else, I just again begin to say, oh, blessed be your name. I worship you. Holy is the Lord. Worthy is the Lord. And begin to sense his presence again and just stop. Just linger. And recognize that's the point of prayer, his presence, the recognition of his presence. We worship you, yeah. We praise you. We praise you. Holy, holy, <laughs> holy, 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 thank you for your presence, Jesus. Thank you for your presence. Your beautiful, transforming presence. Yes. It's that moment that he rests, that 
you said, Eric, is the moment that he rests, your life is changing. Hmm. In that moment, he's becoming the solution to every issue you face in life, every wound, yes. every bump and bruise, every impossibility that you face. Yeah. In his presence, there is fullness of joy. At his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. He is our God of comfort. He is our sovereign king. He is our shepherd. Oh, wow, 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 wow. Holy. <laughs> I was so impacted when you just said, Eric, and just stay in his presence as we're talking. Just keep with your heart attention on the Lord. What's he saying to you is through the conversation we're having. You know, this is about him, you and him in this moment, you know. And um, I was undone when you just said, we can't get away from his presence. Mm. Like revelation just dropped in my spirit again. It was like, yeah, we, we live and move and have our being in God. It's actually a deception to think that we're separate from him. And we're apart. We can separate in our conscious mind, but we actually aren't con away from him. Oh, we we are. He's there all the time. It's like you said. It's it's like it's it's about becoming aware again. It's about tuning into yeah. the truth. Meditate on the truth day and night, like it says in Joshua, and you'll have success in all your ways. You know, it's just living and moving and having our being in Him, isn't it? It's the life of abiding, life of abiding. And I wanted to ask you, Eric, as well, like to share with us one of the like really profound encounters that you've had with Jesus where you've lived like this and He's suddenly just, I mean, I know there are many, many, many. Because you're living to you're living to experience him, you know, all the time as a lifestyle. Um, but practicing his presence and not tuning out, you know, as a mm -hmm. lifestyle. So can you share with us like some of the yeah, sure. those precious ones? Yeah, the um the whole thought you just brought up about he's can't can't get out of his presence and it's a delusion to mm -hmm. think of separation. Uh, yeah. the Holy Spirit the spirit is called pneuma, you know, it's the same word for air or breath. It's yeah. the same. So that in and of itself should reveal to us that he's as present as air and just as accessible as, as air. It's easy, as easy to receive the Lord and recognize his presence as it is to breathe. Uh, Madame Guyon said, when you really understand prayer, you realize that prayer is easier than breathing. Just receiving what is already i just read andrew murray's book abide in christ and he had this wild definition of abiding in christ he said abiding in christ is nothing more than accepting the position he's given to you and staying there <laughs> I, I thought that was beautiful but uh wow. in the midst of an abiding life as you're talking about and the enjoyment of his presence and fellowship with him, these kinds of unveilings happen, which are promised to us in John chapter 14. Jesus says, whoever loves me, I will disclose myself to him. Yeah. So we're promised by the spirit in our lives of love disclosures, constant, yeah. continual love disclosures for whoever wants them. They're there by the spirit through fellowship, the unveilings of Christ. So one recent one that literally broke me down was I was reading John chapter 13 and as I was reading it it just seemed to feel a little bit different 
you know, I, I've read it many times, but this time it seemed like the words were chunkier, you know, or thicker yeah. or something. And so I, <laughs> yeah. I knew that the Lord wanted me to be reading this. So as I read through it, I, I began to just see a couple of things that just startled me. One, they're eating with the Lord and he is going to wash their feet and he gets up in the middle of the meal. He doesn't even wait for the meal to be finished. He gets up while they're eating, which blew my mind. He's so excited to stun them with his love that he can't finish eating. He gets up and then he does this ridiculous thing by taking off his clothes and putting on a towel and then going to wash their feet. So while I'm reading this, I just begin to worship like we like we were just doing, just lingering in his presence. And I'm taken in my spirit eyes. Like, you know, the scripture tells us in Ephesians, the eyes of our heart be enlightened. So we know that our, our heart can see things internally. So with the eyes of my heart, I could see a round small table and the disciples all around the table with their feet going out from the table and them leaning on their left arm and they're eating. And I see Jesus looking at them and the way that he's looking at them was like i look at my kids you know you know sometimes i i just you know you just look at your kids and you're just like i just i'm so happy just to be together and he he had that face i'm just so happy to be with you which is scriptural because he says in luke he says i have eagerly desired to eat this meal with you i can't wait to sit with you and eat with you and so he's so happy and then he just gets up in the vision. I can just see it happening. And he takes off his, his clothes and they all look at him like, what in the world is he doing? Then he go, puts a towel around his waist and I, I'm looking at all their faces and they, they can't even look at him because of the humiliation of what he's wearing. Their Messiah, their God is wearing the garb of a slave. They're like looking at him like, what in the world? And then Jesus goes to walk over to the disciples, but he breaks the fourth wall of the vision and he comes to me. <laughs> and uh, I can see his, I can see him looking, he, <laughs> he kneels down in front of me and I can see God in a body and his eyes are looking up at me. <laughs> this is the old vision of, Jesus being below me and looking up at me, it just broke me. And he says to me, Eric, will you let me wash you? <laughs> and the image and the invitation to let this humble God wash me, something broke that day in me. And I began to see him and his ways in a different way than I had ever seen before. He has come to serve. He has not come to be served, but to serve. He says, I am among you as one who serves. So this really was a recent vision that shifted my life. I started to make practical changes in my life after this because I began to see things different. I saw ministry different. I saw my role different. I saw the ministry of the word different. I saw everything just shifted for me by one encounter with this 
humble God man. <laughs> That's extremely holy to feel the weight of what you're saying. And it's a gift. Thank you so much for sharing something so holy and so precious. And I, you know, when we're privileged to hear each other's most sacred moments with Jesus, same Jesus within you. And I just feel that like he wants us to live from that place hey, of receiving, yes. receiving him as servant king. <laughs> and so do you, are you living your life from that lens now? From that revelation of just he's come to serve you and then you we then serve <laughs> yeah there's so much joy there uh and freedom yeah yeah i i was recently looking at um lot and they're pulled out of sodom the angel says go to the mountain don't look back and lot is in front of his wife his wife is behind him and it hit me. She turns back and looks back, turns into a pillar of salt. We know this, but Lot's idea of leading his wife was being ahead of her and her just following. But what if he would have been behind her? When she went to turn, he could have stood between her and turning. He could have known where she was at and um, protected her been aware of her. And I felt like Jesus was showing me that he leads us from behind us. He's, he's not just, hey, I'm going to go this way. Do your best to stay with me. He's aware of where we are. And he is be, stands between us and those old thinking patterns. And he's a yeah. good husband like this. And I, I think about when I walk with my girls, I have two girls, beautiful girls, and, and my wife, so I got these three beautiful girls I walk down the street with and I always get, I let them go in front of me because I want to know not only where they are, but I, I just feel like I want to protect them. I want to know where they're at and I, and I need to, I just feel that's the best place for me. That's where I want to be because I need to, and I feel Jesus is like this. He wants to know exactly where we're at, stand between us and those old thinking patterns because he's a good husband. And like you're saying, that's what shifted in me. I see ministry differently now. Instead of just walking and saying, come on, guys, you know, follow me. It's better to be behind the sheep and make sure they're going the right way. Lead them from behind them it, by way of service and, and support and helping and, and edifying and building up. And, and not just setting myself up as some, you know, e example and say, yeah, do your best to follow me but to be invested in how are they actually doing? Are they getting this? Are they, you know, so it, it's just, it's very practical, but it's changed me in that way to see my role as a husband, as a father, as a leader, as a, a minister, as a pastor. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know, I heard a definition of leadership recently from the beautiful Emma Stark, Prophet Emma Stark, and she said, leadership is about taking people where they can't go by themselves yet because mm. you've lived it. And I just thought that was profound. And it's 
impacting me as you're speaking. That's Jesus has changed you in the core of who you are to be more like him so that in what you're experiencing and living, you as a leader can take people into the experience of what you're now living because of his beautiful grace. And that's leadership, that's prophetic leadership. It's the privilege of being the bride. It's like we live him, we live the experiences, and then we get to share and empower others, which is what you're doing just with the truth. And Mm. But not just, like you said, not just walk away and go, you can be, you know, be like me. (laughs) No, it's, it's right. So let's now... Let's equip you and empower you and and care about you and love yeah, you yeah. and serve you and passionately with the Lord's heart see the bride rise together. Yes. You know, as being a leader is being a servant, isn't it? If we're not serving, we're not actually leading. Yes. And it's just you're such a yeah, you're such a powerful example of that. We're yeah, you're such a blessing to the body of Christ because you live in the secret place. Mm in this posture of humility before Jesus, knowing it's you, it's it's all him flowing through mm-hmm. you, you know, and the only bread we can give away that's living is him, right? If we, <laughs> anything else is just an opinion and it's like, who cares? <laughs> it's not going to do anything. <laughs> but if it's revelation, you know, because there's fruit and you change. So, oh my gosh, Eric, thank you so much. Just, we've just got a couple of minutes left. Would you just pray for everybody in finishing? I would love that. So can they see me or are they just hearing me? We can see you. Like, okay. Yeah. Just, just put your hand on your heart with me, guys. And I'm going to pray. And I want you just to kind of just pray with me. Just we'll appeal to God together. And just, just say this with me. Say, Jesus, make me humble. Help me love you. Because here, I find you as all. And I drink deep of your love and find the intoxication that lifts me above life's sorrows, difficulties, pressures, and takes me to be in that realm with you of oneness, in and through the gospel. Open my eyes to realize all that you've given of yourself to me. And may it change the way I see myself, others, ministry, the world, and the world to come. In your precious name, amen, amen. Amen. And thank you, Jesus, that we were able to continue to speak throughout this conversation today. (laughs) With his beautiful, glorious presence. You have such a, there's such a, what's it called? Uh, Jesus says, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. There's such a lightness with you. You you carry such an ease. Like like, uh, Ruth Heflin said, the glory brings an ease. You seem to skate through by the sweetness of his presence. So I'm, I'm always a benefactor, a, a, a recipient of that when I'm around you. Oh, thank you so much. That really encourages me. When I first was with Jesus physically, that was what he said to me, always come and rest with me a while. Uh-huh. And over the years, he's taught me that, and he's always teaching me, 
if I'm carrying any kind of burden, I'm in, what am I yoked to? I need to just keep remembering, if I'm not in peace, what am I yoked to? And then I go, come on, let it go. <laughs> come back into rest, come back into rest, you know. Very, he's very big, but very good at being God. Yeah. <laughs> we can rest good. him to him. <laughs> he's, he's got it. <laughs> oh, it's Fantastic. so amazing being with you, Eric. And I can't wait to see you. I'm going to see you in March at Orange yes. House. The 2024 event is going to be amazing. Yeah, that's going to be wild. Yeah, it is. Literally three days at the feet of Jesus. Yes. I can't wait. I can't wait. Guys, thank you for giving us your precious time today. And yeah, we, I really look forward to being with you next week. And Eric, thank you so much for giving us your time. I love it when we get together. Yes, my honor. I love it. Bless you. Bye, Bless. guys. See you next week. As we consecrate ourselves, giving all that we are to Jesus, we will experience his love we will experience freedom. The more we lean into him, the more we surrender, the more power comes through us. God's gonna encounter you.